This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Hello and welcome to the show. Steve Wiss and James Easton with me, Rob Daly, for the Betting Weekly Extra Time Liga show brought to you in association with Bet Rivers. And how did we get on last week? Yeah, we made a we made a profit, didn't we, Steve, overall yeah. last week. I had three picks last week, Rob. I had a winner and a loser and a void bet. We had a void bet last week. I'm not sure we've had many of those this season, if any. So this was on my pick on Tice Delinga, the Toulouse striker, to have over half a shot on target in their game at Montpellier. It was a void bet because he didn't start the match. So Delinga normally starts. He was rotated out of the side for the game last weekend and he didn't start the match. And the general rule in betting uh, is that if a player doesn't start the match and you've backed him to score a goal or have a shot on target, then generally your bet is void, which can sometimes work out in your favour if a player's injured in the warm-up and you've backed him and you won't lose any money, you get your stakes back. Unfortunately for us last week, it, it worked against us because Ty Stalinga came on as a substitute in the ninth minute and ended up scoring a goal. So it was one of those times you didn't want to void, but you wished it accounted because, um, yeah, he was clearly in form. Uh, but those are the rules. What can you do? So it was a void bet. So, yeah, one winner, one loser. And one void bet for me last week from my three picks, but Steve made a profit with his picks, which was great for the show. Yeah, I was I was two 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 full winners, uh, a half loser, and then a full loser. Um, my one full loss was in the Montpellier game to lose. Surprised me actually by going down there and winning. Um, so uh, I was disappointed with the half loser. Actually, it was um, the Clermont match where there was two goals after thirty minutes, and that was it. I uh, needed one more to cover the over 2.25 line. Um, that's one of those weekends for me. I had one up in Norway where I was on over three goals and it was 2-0 after 12 minutes and it ended that way. So what can you yeah. do sometimes? You're in the hands of the players, aren't you? But it's yeah. disappointing when you get early goals in a game you're on and over with and it doesn't quite cover. But um, I mean, that the linger bet, it's one of those where it goes down as a void, but probably quite a lot, lot listening to the show would have won on it. James. So, yeah, um, it's just one, one of those things. Should quickly say as well, Robert, it was a good week generally for our futures picks. These are the outright picks we've had both before the season started and at the halfway point. Uh, Steve and I are both on Andre to be relegated. They won last weekend, but they're still going to be relegated. And Toi lost last weekend. Steve and I are both on uh, Toi to be relegated. So we're just counting the the days and the weeks now for those two tips to uh, come in and earn us some extra profit. Nice work, boys. And uh, it's worth pointing to the 
units uh, up for the season, and uh, there's been an increase. It was roughly 30.8 uh, the week before, and now up to 32.71 plus units. The nearest is Syria at 1.54. So just gives you an indicator of how well the guys are doing uh, this season. Um, PSG Lons this week. First versus second. Lons with another big win last weekend. But the, the guys don't have anything for you, and we don't just throw picks in for no reason um, on this show. Mm. There's, you know, there wouldn't be any value in just doing it just because it's the biggest game of the weekend. Six points between them. If we have time at the end of the show, we might get to a little quick thought on it. But um, I think it's time to move because we've got a lot of games to get to this week. The only game where the two of you overlap is Brest-Nice. And uh, James, you can get us going here first, I think. Yeah, Brest versus Nice. I'm backing Brest here on the Asian Handicap with a plus 0.25 goal start against Nice, which is available at minus 104. So in simple terms with this pick, you've got two out of the three horses running for you. If Brest win, you make a profit. And if the game ends in a draw, you also make a profit. So the only way you can lose with this pick is if Nice win the game. And Brest, I think, are a team who are worth uh, backing at the moment. I did so uh, last weekend, which paid off as they avoided defeat at Rance. They drew 1-1. I think it's psychologically quite an interesting side at the moment, Rob, Brest, because they're in the relegation battle. They're two points above the relegation zone. But they appear to be thriving on the pressure of fighting to avoid the drop or certainly responding well to it rather than wilting. We've seen some of the other teams down there really struggle. Ajaxio, who we'll come on to later, were well beaten last weekend and are almost relegated now. Trois have been terrible for weeks and weeks and weeks. Brest appear to be the opposite. They're dealing really well with the pressure of fighting to stay in League One. I was very impressed with the way they played in their last home match, which was a 3-1 win against Toulouse a couple of weeks ago. Responded really well there to being put under pressure by Toulouse. And to get a point away at Rance last weekend is a really big achievement because we know how well Rance have been playing under Will Still. So I like Brest at the moment. I think they're coping really well with the pressure of fighting to stay in this division. And I think this game comes at a very good time for them as well because they're playing a Nice side that are without a win in five. They've drawn four. They've lost one. They've now fallen seven points behind the European positions in the league with only eight matches to go. Are they really going to believe they can claim a European place through the league? I'm not sure they can. And this game falls between Nice's two Europa Conference quarter-final legs against Basel, which, as Steve has alluded to in the past on the show, Nice actually stand a pretty good chance of going a long way in this competition. They're already in the quarter-finals. They could potentially win it. So I think, actually, if you look at how these two teams are going to approach this game, I think the motivation and the focus is going to be stronger on the Brest side than on the Nice side. Brest, they're fighting for their lives. They've only got League One to focus on, and they're in pretty good shape. And I just feel that the chances of them at least getting a point here, are pretty good. Um, I think we talked briefly last week on the show about the importance of doing your own prices before you look at the market. Well, yeah. this was one of the games that I made a, a real 50-50 match. I felt that Brest have got just as good a chance as Nice of winning the game. Then when it came to look at the prices, actually Nice are very strong favourites here to collect the three points, and I don't agree with that. So I'm very happy to back Brest here. It's plus... 0.25 on the Asian handicap, and it's available at minus 104. I really like this pick of yours, James, I must say. 
uh, is one of my favourite things to do is to bet against teams that have just played in Europe. So, yeah, this one definitely stood out. Um, I, I would definitely would would take it myself. The I've got a different pick for the game. I'm actually going in the cards market here, and the bet is uh, Brest over one and a half cards. Simple as that. I just need them to pick up two or more cards. And um, I think when you're in a relegation battle, really one of four te- one of four teams is going to go down as the last spot, and it's going to be Strasbourg, Brest, or Zaire or Nantes, realistically. And um, you, you're fighting for your lives, and you just give a little bit extra in every department. So I think they're certainly willing to get stuck in. Was a, a very interesting referee appointment here, which also uh, I love for this bet, Benoit Bastia has now actually overtaken Jeremy Pignard as uh, awarding the most yellow cards what? in the game. Yeah, Benoit Bastien. Pignard still leads uh, the cards line because he's given more reds. But oh, Bastien, Bastien now averages 4.19 yellows per game. And honestly, whereas Pignard, I think Pignard is like the next up-and-coming really top French ref. Benoit Bastien, I've said before, I think he's in love with himself and um, he just, he loves the limelight. <laughs> he, I don't rate him as a referee at all. I don't like how he officiates. I watched the Leon Wren game last week and he dished four cards by half time. He's so fussy and he doesn't let anything go. And I know what Brest are like. They've got several combative players who, who are going to fall foul of his system. Pierre Lise Malou is top of my list to get booked here. Uh, Kenny Lala as well, I think, has a good chance. Um, Bastien will get stuck in. I would go for the match cards, but Nice just plays so clean under uh, Didier Degas. In fact, um, last week, Pignard did their game, PSG against Nice against PSG, and he didn't award Nice a card. That's the first time this season Pignard has not awarded a card to both teams. That is how clean these are. So <laughs> They didn't um, even get a card of Pinyard. In fact, the, it was nearly the first cardless game that Pinyard done in five years. But the, he issued one late uh, with five minutes to go. It's a PSG oh, good, good man. Good man. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's... Uh, but Bastia will get stuck in here. I just need two cards for Brest. They're fighting for their lives in the relegation battle. By the way, that match last week, uh, rounds against Brest... Expected goals in that game was nearly six, and we only ended one all. So anyone <laughs> on the overs in that game was an incredible save. So I must yeah. say, at both ends of the field, unbelievable stuff. Um, I mean, if you were on the, the over last week, if yeah, if you were on that over last week, you were absolutely, you were like, what is the point of betting? But thankfully, Steve, you, <laughs> you flagged up Bezo, the breast goalkeeper, oh. before as an annoying goalkeeper if you're on the overs. If you were on the overs last week and you did watch that game, he was extremely <laughs> annoying. Not for me because I was on breast. He was saving my bacon a few times. But yeah, he... Um... <laughs> Bezo is an underrated. He's yeah. an underrated keeper, Bezo. And that's another good reason why um, you know, uh, James is bet here um, because you got Bezo on your side. He, he'll come up big a couple of times. Uh, we need a nickname for Benoit Bastien, don't we, really? Yes. I, th- I want every referee to have a middle nickname by the end of the season. I think the better way of saying it is he loves, loves the spotlight. The, Benoit loves the spotlight Bastien. Doesn't really... But Benoit Limelight Bastien. Lovely. There we go. I like that. Benoit <laughs> Limelight Bastien. Okay, we best remember that. Right. Um, one game down, uh, a few to go. Uh, Steve, do you want to go next? Uh, yeah. Lille Montpellier is your second pick. And coming into this one, uh, Lille... Uh, where are they in the table? Currently fifth at the moment, aren't they? And Montpellier 13. So what have you seen here? Uh, both teams score, Rob. 
at minus 124. It's been a while since I've tipped a both team to score on this show, actually. Mostly because the books have really reacted strongly since the early part of the season where there was a lot of BTTS uh, games and the, the better value has been on the over. But I actually think in this game, the best value is BTTS. I looked at over three goals, which is around about even money. But um, if the match, say, ended 2-1, then you're only pushing on that line. So I'm happy to... I looked at the game. Sometimes when you're taking an over, you've got to decide, do you think both teams are going to contribute or, or are you playing for the 3-0 or the 4-0? And I, I think if this match goes over, both do score. Montpellier uh, are in an interesting position now. 37 points. They're 11 clear. Um, I think that... There's a bit of comfort to them. I'm not saying they're on the beach or anything, but I think last week, if they really had to win that game and focus against Toulouse, they might have done. I was a little bit disappointed with them. I think there were some lapses defensively, which made me think, you know, are they really? They think they've had a good run and they're sort of um, relaxing too much. So um, I think there's certainly Lille should respond after the shock defeat to Angers last week. Um, they just presumed they were going to win that game and just slept walk all the way through it. But I expect them to bounce back here. They battered Lorient 3-1, previous home game. And um, I think Lille have got a problem defensively. They haven't been the same since. They had a glutton of injuries and absences at the back and they've lost rhythm at the back uh, recently, for sure. They've only kept one clean sheet in the last seven uh, games. And that was away against Toulouse in that hailstorm. And um, I think certainly Montpellier have got enough uh, attacking options to, to take advantage of that. And I think that's why BTTS is minus 124. It's a generous price. I don't know whether the books are thinking that Lille might win this match to nil. I don't really think they will. Um, I, I think they could win, but something like 2-1, one, 3-1 one is, is more likely. So uh, it's one of those examples where I was torn between the over or the BTTS. But, uh, I mean, this covers for a one-all draw. It also means yeah. a full cash if it's 2-1 either way. So uh, Lille-Montpellier, both teams to score, yes, at minus 124. Yeah, I've got three picks on the show this week, Rob. If I was going to have a fourth, it was on this game on LEYE of Montpellier to have over 0.5 shots on target, which is available, I think, at minus 112. I very nearly backed this because, like Steve has said, I think Lille are giving up a lot of chances at the moment. And LEYE is a very interesting player for Montpellier. He's uh, into double figures for goals for the second year running for Montpellier. You're a bang average side in this division. Yeah, he's scoring really, really well. He's got 13 goals this season. This is a player who only turned 20 in January of this year. So there's a lot of debate at the moment in France about LEYE and just how good he could become, whether there's actually enough other elements to his game as well as his finishing, maybe bits of work to be done there. But he's a really sharp player in the penalty area. So if, as Steve is saying, you do fancy this game to have goals, then I think LEY would be a player certainly worth looking at in the, not only the scoring market, but also the shots on target market, because I thought the prices on him were pretty good. Okay, let's move on. Um, actually, I fancy doing your goal scorer double thing here, Steve. Do you fancy doing that? Right, yeah, yeah, of let's course. Do, let's yeah. do that now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it involves two of the big teams. Marseille played Tuartmont. Uh, Monaco play L'Oreal. Uh, what have you seen? Yeah, so this is a goal scoring double. It's a half a unit play. And we're going with Wissam Ben Yedda to score any time for Monaco and Alexis Sanchez to score any time for Marseille. Now, I looked at both these two games and um, I think for the first time, the value is not really there. We're getting to the stage of the season where the odds are getting a bit silly because teams have to win or need to win. But I, fundamentally, I, I really fancy Monaco and Marseille to do a, a good job on both these teams. I think 
they could both win very, very easily. But we've got Marseille's Asian handicap is minus two. Monaco is minus one and a half. So I looked at a different angle. These two players have scored a lot of goals this season. They're, they're kind of veterans, really, in the in, in the world of football now. But uh, 17 goals in the league for Ben Yedder. Um, I think Alexis Sanchez is 16 in all competitions for Marseille. And, you know, the, the main penalty takers for both teams... Uh, although whether Sanchez actually isn't isn't guaranteed from the spot because he's missed a few this season. Yeah. But if if if, if they do a number on either of these teams, and you've got to expect that uh, both get on the score sheet. Ben Yedder's actually missed out in the last couple of games. He um I think he had like an XG of two against Nantes on his own, and he somehow didn't score. Um, he's actually been in the news recently. Uh, a bit of a bad boy, Rob. He's um Uh-oh. been done in uh, by the Spanish courts for tax fraud. Uh, suspended two-year jail sentence, and he's been fined 133,000 euros. So, I don't know if he's on any goal bonuses or anything like that. Uh, it certainly wouldn't do him any harm, would it? Hitting the back of the net here, just to, you know, if you've had a bad week, what do you want to do? You want to score goals. So, I think he's going to be well fired up for that one. And um, yeah, like I said, I think it's two, I think this should be two fairly easy wins for both Monaco and Marseille. But I couldn't stomach back in Marseille on a minus two Asian. Uh, as Batois, by the way, how Patrick Kisnorbo, um is still in the job, I've no idea. Um, presuming he is still in the job. Maybe he was sacked this morning, I don't know, because they've been horrendous. <laughs> no, I think he's still there. I think he's like, still Defensively, there. they've been horrendous. He was even uh, thrown under the bus by Adil Rami recently in an interview. Um, Rami was saying, thankfully, I've only got eight more games left under this coach. But, um, yeah, I mean, to say, there's going to be ample goal-scoring chances for both these uh, players. So the only doubt would be if maybe if Ben Yedda was rested to the bench or something. Um, and then we would obviously be just, this, this bet would simply become a single on Sanchez uh, because of the void nature of it. But uh, yeah, I think both, uh, the price, by the way, is plus 226. And this is a half unit play. So uh, I think it's a nice, generous little double here. Yeah, I think this is a great pick because I was, re- my biggest disappointment of the week, looking at the prices, was where the Asian handicap line was set on this Marseille mm. versus Toi game. I was very keen to back Marseille this weekend because Toi have been terrible all year. They were awful last weekend. At home, they lost 2-0, and they're essentially, they're not mathematically relegated, but they, there's no way they're getting out of trouble. Like Steve says, the coach has been a big problem for them. So I, I'm not saying they're downing tools at Toi, but I didn't see them putting up any kind of meaningful resistance this weekend against Montpellier. So it was a massive disappointment to see that you can only back Marseille, as Steve has said, minus two goals on the Asian handicap at around evens, which means that even if Marseille win by two goals, you just get your stakes back. With the Asian handicap line where it is, you would need Marseille to win this game by three or more goals to make a profit. It's just not worth doing because Marseille actually are not winning games necessarily by such emphatic scorelines. So I then did have a look like Steve has done at Alexis Sanchez because you would imagine if Marseille win the game and they will, they should do, then Sanchez will be the man. So yeah, it's one of those games is the Marseille game where you have to dig a little bit deeper into the markets to find a way to back them because the more obvious markets are not really giving you good opportunities. I'm just, I'm just, I saw that Adil Rami quote and they're, they're, some of these are unbelievable, aren't they? I know, I know. I, I mean, don't I... give a damn about, this is about the relegation. I don't give a damn. I'm 37 years old and my career's done. I don't know if I'm sad for some players who are giving up on their careers. They will have to question themselves. The mentality's not good and the defeat was logical. I suppose the issue now with Kiznorbo is there's seven points adrift with eight games to go, but in part because Brest have picked up some results. 
do yeah. you change it, it it's almost like it's I'm too late now it's they, too late they, yeah. they, they, they was a the, they, we said at the time totally the wrong appointment you know him himself as a manager may well really bound somewhere there's I, I don't i don't want to criticize the manager too much but he came in without speaking a word of french um it's always going to be a massive task and now it's too late um you almost just have to assess things at the end of the season and and see when things are a bit of a yeah there's also maybe and... maybe yeah sorry i was going to say rob there's also maybe an element of saving face here because he has been quite publicly backed by his superiors at Twa, um and not even not even that long ago a couple of weeks ago so it, yeah it looks as though they're willing to stick with him and just as steve has said see where we end up well it's going to be league too yeah a bit of a bit of a failing really for the for the city group, I suppose, and as well, mm. so you can shift these coaches around, and with a philosophy, yeah. it'll be fine. When there's cultural factors and everything that I think you flagged, Steve, when he was a uh, when he yeah. was appointed in the first place. Um, I think we need to pick up the pace a little bit, boys. Uh, let's go, Strasbourg Ajaxio. Just you here, James. Um, what's yes. this? Yes, yeah, so Strasbourg Ajaxio. This is a relegation battle, and I'm backing Strasbourg minus 0.75 on the Asian handicap, which is available at minus 108. And a lot of this pick is down to Ajaxio and just how poor they were last weekend, um, and where they now find themselves in the league table, which is in big trouble. So, yeah, they lost nil three three nil at home to Auxerre last weekend. Massive relegation clash. You would not have guessed it from the way that Ajaxio played in the first half. They found themselves two nil down very quickly, which gave Steve a winning pick. He was brilliantly on the over goals last week with the over goal line in this game set really low, and they were three nil down at half time. So it was really really poor from Ajaxio. One of their players did an interview at halftime coming off the pitch. He was flummoxed as to why they'd been so passive in a game that was always going to go a long way to dictating their chances of staying in League One. So really poor show from Ajaxio last weekend. And their manager, Olivia Pantaloni, who's done a really good job there. I mean, getting them promoted in the first place last season was, was impressive. But he sounded a beaten man, actually, after the game. Again, he, he didn't quite throw in the towel, but he admitted, you know, we're seven points from safety now. We've only got eight games to go. Can we really get out of trouble, given the rate at which we're picking up points? And I think the answer to that is no. So I think we could see here a difference in motivation between two teams fighting relegation. Strasbourg probably haven't done as well as we thought they might have done, having changed their manager earlier this year, under Frederick Antonetti, they've not pulled away from trouble, which I think some people thought they might do. But they are still in with a very good fighting chance of avoiding relegation. And I think at home to Ajaxio, after what we saw from Ajaxio last weekend and the state of mind that Ajaxio are likely to be in, Strasbourg really should get all three points here. Um, and that's all you need them to do with our pick. So with the pick of minus 0.75 on the Asian handicap, it's very simple. If Strasbourg win the game, uh, then you make a profit. They always get good crowds at home. We know they'll have fantastic support. And if they can just play with the energy and the drive that they sometimes have done at home this season, then I think they will be able to get all three points. One slight issue for Strasbourg is that their top scorer, Habib Diallo, is suspended. Now, that's obviously a blow. He's their best finisher. But they do have other players in that squad that can score goals, most notably Kevin Gamero, who you would imagine, will definitely start yeah. with Diallo being out. And if you look at the two teams generally, you know, Strasbourg are a stronger side than Ajaxio. So it's a straight pick really here on Strasbourg to win the game. Just going on the Asian handicap 
to get slightly better odds. So yeah, it's Strasbourg minus 0.75 on the Asian handicap at home to Ajaxio, and it's available at minus 108. Yeah, Ajaxio are very poor, aren't they? I I very nearly had a bet on this game. The these two teams are the uh, the two teams that foul the most in the league. Uh, they average about 14 fouls each, but the line is now set at 28 and a half, and the referee is Stephanie Frappar. So. I uh, ultimately couldn't quite stomach it, but um, yeah, Jatsio are poor. And you know, it's interesting uh, in the outrights, both of us have, I have a Jatsio to finish bottom and, and James has Twa to finish bottom. So I don't know whether Angers can do us a favour and smile neck, neck three or <laughs> yeah. four wins yeah, yeah. before the end of the year. I don't think they can, but um, it just shows, I mean, Jatsio just don't have the squad and the manager's done a really good job as well. So yeah. um I think they're about done, and Strasbourg. This is a must-win game. They, it's it's nearly a theory game actually for me, but I think a Jets here have given up the ghost. So yeah, um, it, does yeah, it should like be a home win. Yeah, very quickly on Andre, who obviously turned me over last week because I was on Lille to uh, to beat them. Interesting quotes from the manager. I think it was before or after that match, but he did allude to something that we flagged up on the show, which is that Andre were on target for the worst ever points total in League One, in the three points for a win era. And he said that he'd used that to motivate the players. It appears to be working because the lowest ever points tally in League One is 17. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Angers were on 10 points. And it does appear that wanting to avoid setting a new low point is having some sort of impact. Well, it is something, isn't players. it? I mean, when you sunk, I mean, and they are, they're 14 points adrift. It is something, yeah. isn't it? It is. Yeah, these short-term so. targets, you know, they yeah. can work. And I think this is actually a more meaningful one than the sort of short-term targets you sometimes see mid-table managers set. I remember... Top uh, 10 and was, all that kind of thing. Yeah, Michel yeah. de Zacharion, who's currently at Montpellier. But I remember when he was at Brest, he he tried a few of those things where you need to get 45 points. And yeah, it doesn't really make any difference. <laughs> but I think yeah, trying to avoid being in the record books for a worst ever tally, that might actually have some impact in the dressing room. So yeah, uh, the, it's the it's interim coach at Angers, Alexandre Duja, who has set this um, short-term target for his players. And it does appear to be working. I was... They didn't play well last weekend against Lille, but they did defend pretty well. They were quite happy to get a lot of men behind the ball and they actually worked quite hard. So yeah, a, a win last, I think it was their first win in seven months for Angers last week against Lille. I think they were a bit lucky. I'm not sure they deserved the win, but there was certainly a bit more fight and a bit more effort and a bit more energy about how they played. So I am now avoiding Angers, even though they are bottom of the table. I think we might see some interesting performances for, from them. Yeah, I agree. The I think they might win weeks. this. I think they might win this weekend. They're plus three fifty to win at Clermont, and I I still don't think Clermont are very good. What made me laugh is when they scored the goal last week. Uh, the stadium um, goal music was so loud; it was as if I mean they're not used to scoring even a goal, are they? So yeah. they don't even know yeah. where to put the volume. I mean, is that yeah. sort of yes, <laughs> basically yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Clermont, Clermont being a mid-table side is uh, is the mystery of the League One season for me. I just do not know how they've done it. So yeah, there's uh, these interesting sort of subplots going on at the moment, which you know the league table may not necessarily reveal. And I think Angers, as we, as you've said, Rob, they're down. We know they're going down, but let's just see what they can do over the next sort of three or four games. And I suppose this is the difference a little bit between you guys watching the games every week and people who just read a league table or see a result. Even yeah. the fat Lille are giving up a lot of good chances, you mentioned earlier in the show. Um, right. Uh, we're going to go to Steve's next pick. 
Uh, this is to do with Florian Balogun, who has been who has been in the headlines, isn't he? Because mm. he wants to go back to Arsenal and be the number one centre forward. Is the is the reports? He doesn't want to be back up to Gabriel Jesus or you know another Eddie Nketiah in the squad for Arsenal. He wants to be first choice, and perhaps with good reason because he's banging in the goals. He scored again um, at the weekend against Brest. He has three in his last four. He's only one goal behind Mbappe and uh, is it David? The top Jonathan David, and Mbappe, Lacazette's on 18 goals as well. Lacazette's on 18. So, and he, and he's in your sights here, but Will Stills ram, Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of um um getting involved in players in the news this week, aren't I, Rob, really? In, yeah. With my picks. It's very topical. But yes. I, I, kind of, I like it, though. I, I think um, players that are really in the headlines want to prove a point often. And Balogun is right in the in the limelight, isn't he, at the moment? Um, you know, this Arsenal thing. He, I think wherever he goes, he wants to be the number one striker at a good club. And, um, you know, he's doing himself no harm by scoring all these goals at the moment. He's plus 150 to net in this game, uh, Ren against Grants. And that is my pick, a full unit on him to, to score any time. He's on the penalties, which we know he's really good at converting. But crucially, I think this match is going to suit Rams perfectly because Ren... I don't like what I'm seeing from them, to be honest. They they really completely uh, collapsed last week against Leon away. They lost 3-1. And the way that they are situated in the table means they're going to have to go for it. They can't just sort of sit back and play for a draw. Only the top five places are going to get Europe now this season, which means only fifth place is really accessible. Uh, it's going to be themselves or Lille, I think, who get it, unless Leon do finish really strongly. So um, they're going to have to leave gaps at some point. The reverse fixture, by the way, Rams absolutely battered Wren. Tactically, Will still was all over them with great width and everything like that. And uh, there's no doubt Balogun will get some opportunities in the game, whether it's from uh, from the penalty spot or um, or on the break. And he's a man that you would back to finish. I just think he's a really. I think he, the price should be about even money. I know they're away from home, but I think he he should be even money to score any time in this match and in, in most matches uh, really so plus 150 i think that's a good good price for a, a player that's in great form he wants to prove a point he wants to be in the headlines again you know he would love to get two or three goals here wouldn't he he wants more to really prove himself so uh, i think it's a bit of a no-brainer pick for me i think i wouldn't be surprised if rams won the game to be honest i think ren is starting to struggle a bit bruno genesio talks that he might this might be the end of him this season he, he'll leave the club in the summer so let's see yeah, I think obviously we're, we've got a League One bias here on the show, but I think the Balogun situation will be one of the more interesting transfer situations of the summer because I, you know, I can't really give him too much credit for how well he's done this season. He's been absolutely fantastic. To go in at Rants, who do not have a history of English players doing well at their club, uh, and to play as well as he has under two different managers, his performance level has been great. Um He's just been fantastic all season. Now, obviously, Arsenal are playing at such a high level this year that, you know, they've got the pick of players when it comes to the market now in a way that they didn't a couple of years ago. So it'll be very interesting to see what he decides to do and what Arsenal decide to do with him because they've got such a great asset there. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of bigger French clubs than Rance have a look at whether they can do some sort of deal to bring him in. I'm not sure they've got much chance of doing that because he'll, he'll want to go back to the Premier League. But he's in a great position and fully fully merited because he's been absolutely great for us to watch here on, on, the, on, the, on the show. And for fans who, you know, would not have known him this time last year in League One, he's been one of the stars of the season. Reports of a £25 million price tag. That seems very generous. That seems yeah. that's what they're saying. And, but there are a lot of Premier League clubs right now looking for a centre forward. 
a lot. And um, he'll be in their sights too, uh, no doubt. Okay, uh, one game to do. Uh, James, just you here. Uh, yep. Leon away at Toulouse. Yeah, Leon away at Toulouse, uh, Rob. I'm going on the over 2.75 goals here, yep. which is available, I think, minus 124, um, as long as the line's not moved. So it's it's odds on, but I was quite happy to back this. So over 2.75 goals essentially means if there are three or more goals in the game, then you're going to make a profit. If it's three goals exactly, you'll make a small profit. And if it's four or more goals, then you'll make a bigger profit. And really just on the stats, this is a good pick actually, because if you look at the uh, 60 games that these two teams have played this season, 60% of them, that's 36 of those 60 games, have had three or more goals. And if you look at the relevant home and away games, that's Toulouse's home games and Lyon's away games, then 17 out of 30 matches have had over, uh, have had three or more goals. So that's 57% of the home and away games. And, you know, we've watched these teams all season. We know they're both better going forward than they are defensively. And I don't see any reason why that should change, actually, this weekend. I think... Last weekend was very interesting for both of these clubs. Uh, Toulouse won away at Montpellier. And I thought the manager was very clever there because he rotated his team. Now, Toulouse got the most settled start in 11 in League One. But after reaching the French Cup final with a win in the semi-final in midweek, their manager, Philippe Montagnier, rotated last week. Freshen up the side, see what will happen with a few, few players in the team who don't normally play. And they went on one. So we now actually have competition for places at Toulouse as they head towards that French Cup final against Nantes, which is on April the 29th. I don't think that does them any harm, actually, because they're in mid-table with not a lot to play for mm. in the league. Well, now I think a few players are playing for their places in the side, actually. So I expect a pretty feisty performance this weekend from Toulouse, even though they are in mid-table. And Leon had a great weekend. Last weekend, they came from 1-0 down to beat Rennes 3-1. They got some big performances from Toliso and, and Lacazette. And having felt that their season was over and they were heading for a mid-table finish, well, actually, on the back of that win last weekend and a couple of other results working out in their favour as well, Leon really feel now that they're back in the in the race for a place in Europe. They're only five points now behind fifth place in League One. So... I think this will be a competitive match for for different reasons. And I think when these two teams are competitive, we tend to see their strengths and their weaknesses come out pretty strongly. And, and that's really attacking strengths and defensive weaknesses. So, yeah, when I saw the price on this, I was happy to back over 2.75 goals. I do think there's a good chance here of having three or more goals. And as long as we've got three goals in the game, then with this pick, you are going to make a profit. Yeah, yeah, this is a good pick. And and this is where taking the overs is better than both teams to score. Both teams to score price is minus 165. So James yeah. is absolutely right to nail that the overs by far the better bet here. Um, you could look at Lacazette to score any time at plus 128. I nearly took that. He's in great form. Uh, your man Dalinga is plus 200 to score any time in this game. So, uh, yeah, I think this should be quite an entertaining game. I don't know how to lose the dog, the underdog in this game, by the way. Leon have only lost one of their last 10, but I, I don't actually think they're playing particularly great football. They had a, one very good half against Ren. I don't know what happened there because they were terrible. They were booed off at half time. And then in the second half, they just produced. I mean, the, the goal from Talisa was brilliant, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Toulouse actually won this game, but I, I do like the idea of goals on a Friday night special. 
Uh, great work to finish, gents. And sadly, no PSG Lance pick. Um, but we haven't seen much value in PSG anyway recently. But I'm sure many will be tuning into the game who are listening to the show. Uh, Steve, thank you very much for your company. Thank you, Rob. And to you, James. Thanks very much, Rob. That's all we have time for on the Betting Weekly Extra Time Liga show brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sports book. A reminder all prices are available at the Bet Rivers website. And if you want more from our experts and the rest of the experts on the network, follow at Because We Win on Twitter. It's goodbye from Steve James and myself, Rob Daly. We'll be back for round 32. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.